Thanks so much for tuning in to NL Newsday here on this Thursday, September the 9th. Now, of course, we're getting set for the implementation of the BC vaccine status card, which comes into effect on Monday. And many have been wondering if there are any privacy concerns when it comes to this program. Now, I personally don't see much in the way of issues, but... I'm also not much of a worrier. So, for more on this, let me welcome in now the Executive Director of the BC Freedom of Information and Privacy Association, Jason Woiwata. Jason, thanks for the time. How are you here today? So far, so good. How are you doing today, Jeff? Not too bad, not too bad. Thanks so much for the time. So, yeah, I, I know this is something that a lot of people have been sort of bringing forward as, as concern. Something that, you know, it's an additional program where you're carrying a QR code around that has your vaccine information on it, and you're going to have to be showing it to enter any type of non-essential businesses, right? Restaurants, gyms, fitness centers, sporting events, all of these types of places. You're now going to have to show your vaccine status, whether you have one dose or two dose, in order to be able to get into these facilities. Just on a you know plain, outright level, is there any issues do you see from your organization of the, the BC Freedom and Information and Privacy Association? Are there concerns about having to display this information every time you go to enter a non-essential business? The, the primary concern that we're seeing right now is simply in terms of how businesses are being enabled to collect this information, use it, and retain it. And we see from the guidelines that the government of BC has posted that there is an app that businesses can use to verify the QR codes that people are presenting to them. Um, the question starts to become, as a business, how is that app PIPA compliant? What are the security safeguards that have been put in place on that app? And how do we ensure that the devices that the businesses are using to collect that information from the individual are appropriately secured so that you're not having somebody using a, a, an app on a device that has already been compromised to collect that personal health information from somebody else and perhaps gaining backdoor access to other systems that might be linked through the BC services card or the QR code. So there's, there are those types of, of external threats which are very technical in terms of, of, of the concerns that are there. Overall, if you've got a piece of paper and you're showing that at the restaurant, um, let's say you're going to go grab dinner, uh, it's it's less concerning and you know we've we've seen all sorts of polarization on this debate right now it's important to recognize it is not unprecedented and the destruction of our democracy right this may be reasonable if it meets the legal and ethical tests of proportionality um but it's also reasonable to have concerns about how that information is being collected and is it appropriately secured and right now the government has an app we don't know what the security safeguards are on that. We don't know what the safeguards are um, being put in place for businesses to make sure that app is on a device that is appropriately secured. And so all of that intersection leads to concerns and appropriate concerns that need to be addressed by the government uh, going forward. And, and we're hoping that if any businesses are listening to this, they're making sure that the devices that they are installing that app on are appropriately secured and are um, you know, have all the appropriate virus protections and those types of things. But again, the easiest solution here is the, the visual identification uh, of proof of vaccination uh, just from the, uh, the server or the, the greeters that are gathering that information at the location. Can you give me an example maybe of, of something that they might be able to access if things weren't properly secure? You mentioned just sort of, um, you know, showing potentially other portions of information for that person would have. But the, VC, the, the vaccine status card, excuse me, right, that only carries your, your vaccine information. It doesn't really store anything else on it. So is there potential for other pieces of it, personal information that could be accessed just through the use of that QR code? I mean, 
I, I can't think of examples off the top of my head, so I'm wondering if you maybe had some thoughts there. Well, and this is the scenario where the, the you're, you're absolutely correct. The, the vaccine status card and the information that's there is secure and doesn't does not outwardly link to anything else. However, if a device is linked to the BC Service Card app, that then links to other services. Oh, and, okay. you know, for example, in using the BC Services Card app in order to gain access to the vaccine app, I know that there's a linkage there between those two services that allows um, me as, as an individual to go in and take a look at all of my health information, my uh, various, uh, my, my other types of uh, prescriptions that I've received, my doctor's visits, all those types of things are linked through my BC Services Card. And so if those linkages become exposed, how can a male actor gain access? It's possible. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's incredibly probable, but it's possible. Right. And so we want to make sure that those safeguards are appropriately in place. So this does mean businesses should be making sure that if they're installing the app on a device, it should be appropriately secured. And they should be defaulting, if possible, to the least intrusive measure, which is rather than the app, just making sure they do the visual identification on, on the vaccine card or, or piece of paper that other people are bringing. Is there any issue or concern when it comes to the possibility of tracking through this? Uh, you know, we carry our cell phones on us. I think that's pretty simple way to, to be tracked almost on a regular basis. People know where they where you are if, if you, you know, you're willing to share that information. People have the Find My Phone app and you can find your significant other and what they're up to if you really want to. I mean, it doesn't really feel like in terms of the tracking portion of this that this is something that is unheard of. Now, I don't believe it should be being used to track to be able to say, hey, this person, for me, say Jeff went to this restaurant A and then went to sporting event B and then went out to bar C right after. I mean, I guess it's possible that there could be some tracking that's going on there, but I don't believe that's the intent of this. But is there issue that comes with that side of things? Most definitely. And, and you know, again, on the specifics of this app, the, the question always comes back to proportionality um, and, and that if this, this may be a reasonable step, given the pandemic and the exceptional measures that are put in place in order to address the threat and risks that are identified there. So it's important to, to, to take that and segment that out. At the same time, location tracking and pervasive surveillance are a concern and they are a legitimate concern and should be restricted as much as possible. And um, IP addresses that are attached to your phones and devices in British Columbia are personal information. They are tied to you as an individual in the same way that your phone number may be or, or other information is. So it's important to make sure that when we're putting in place these types of pervasive surveillance that they're, they're designed to be temporary, that they are going to be uh, eliminated as soon as possible, and that we don't normalize a, a surveillance state type of scenario. So again, while it may be proportional in this instance, it's important to recognize that the largest safeguard and, and the greatest consolation that we're taking this is that these are designed to be temporary measures, and they are designed to be rolled back. And the most important thing in this case is that you know, when we've seen these types of temporary measures sometimes put in place in the past, it's taken concerted effort to get them rolled back and get them removed down the road when they're no longer needed. Because once individuals in power have that power, they tend to like to exercise it. And well, why don't we use this app for other things? And why don't we track this location data for other elements that might do X or Y? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's where we start to run into the scenario of, wait a second, the purpose of putting this in place is to address the pandemic and to try and you know, improve the health outcomes for British Columbians. 
and and allow them to maintain businesses in the face of this pandemic as we go through the fourth wave. But once that fourth wave is done, we are expecting that this is going to be rolled back and there will be a reduction in the surveillance that that is there. And we won't need to be showing our vaccine passports to gain entry to a restaurant to go for a coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've also seen some private corporations and, and the Tim Hortons app is one example where, where they were tracking location data. Um, and, and that, that can be onerous because when sur- companies start to surveil in that regard, that becomes an issue as well because, you know, tracking when you're going to another coffee location rather than Tim's um, was an issue for that company. And we don't want to see other companies traveling down that road. And we certainly don't want the government starting to monitor locations to find out what businesses you're going to and, and, and when you're shopping at other locations and trying to monetize that, that information down yeah. the road. Yeah. Um, those are legitimate concerns. Yeah, and I was going to say, too, because you're bringing that part up. I mean, this almost seems like potentially, and I hope it's not being viewed as this, but, you know, there is this possible advantage that, you know, for a restaurant, we'll say like a massive chain, for example, they could use the vaccine status card to find out who's coming through, the demographics that are coming through, and use that information uh, to their advantage when it comes to, you know, marketing or sending out coupons and these kinds of things. I mean, there's definitely potential for this information that, that they could gather to be valuable, but you got to hope it's not being stored in that way, right? Exactly. And this is why the transparency and the access to the source code for, for um, you know, white hat hackers and other uh, civil liberty organizations that have the tech, technical expertise to do a review of the source code, to take a look at that and know that those safeguards are in place. Because the worst case um, in this is that the assumption is it's safe and someone finds out that it isn't. And so what we want to do is make sure that this thing is stress tested as much as possible and that the individuals um, that we we have relative certainty through third party verification that that app is secure and that the information that is available on it, it isn't linking to other elements that could the individual at risk. And that's, that's the important thing here. And that's how we maintain proportionality that the, that the risk that the individual faces by giving up that civil liberty and their rights and freedoms is proportional to the risk that they face from the pandemic and that they aren't facing greater risk down the road by giving up that information or that, that other, um, or those civil liberties. So that's, it's 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 a very difficult scenario right now, I think, for a lot of people um, in the civil liberties area when they're looking at this type of debate because it is so polarized right now. And it's important to bear in mind that there is the element of proportionality in this case and that the threat may be proportional to the steps that are being put in place. But transparency is how we make sure that we can trust that decision that's being made. And so it's important for the government and the decision makers to be transparent in why they're making that decision and to be transparent in the courses of action that they're taking so we can verify it and other people can take a look at this and say, yeah, okay, the app is secure, right? We've had these hacker groups go at it and they're fine. They, they, they're, they're relatively secure that you're not going to be you know, hemorrhaging information and data. Um, but that's only by being transparent and putting it through stress tests rather than developing it in a silo and making assumptions. Lots of interesting uh, questions that I guess we won't really get answered until we start to see this program roll out on Monday. But uh, I really appreciate your time. There's definitely some 
some things that you raised that weren't really on my mind here, and this does, uh, you know, put them up there now for sure. So I appreciate this. Thanks so much. And I guess any, anything else that we missed while I have you on the line here, Jason, that uh, people might be asking and wondering about? No, I, I think the important thing to bear in mind is that the, the, the businesses have the opportunity to verify these cards with a visual scan and rather than using an app or other elements. And, and the biggest element that's come forward in all, of these, in all of this debate is making sure that people get vaccinated as soon as possible unless they have a medical exemption um, and, and sort of making sure we all stay safe and stay healthy out there. Jason, thank you so much for your time. Always appreciate it. It's been a while since we chatted, so happy to catch up here today. And maybe we'll have some follow-up conversations as this starts to actually be implemented here. So uh, we'll, we'll keep you in mind for a future. But thanks so much for the time today. Thanks. Bye for now. All right. Thank you so much. Executive Director of the BC Freedom of Information and Privacy Association, Jason Wada. Again, speaking to the BC Vaccine Status Card, set to come into play in four days' time on Monday, September the 13th. That's when it will come into effect, and you will have to start showing whether or not you are vaccinated when you're entering those non-essential businesses. First dose required from September the 13th until October the 24th, after which double dose is what you need.